Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I have got Dr. Taylor Whittington with me today. She is amazing and she is an adoptee and she shares a lot of her story and her personal experience on Instagram. Um, And I'm just so excited that you're chatting with us today. So thank you. Thank you for inviting me into your space to talk about this topic. I really appreciate it, Kathleen. Absolutely. So Taylor, how did you get started with deciding that you want to share, you know, your adoption story, um, a very personal thing to many people? How did you decide you wanted to share that online? Sure. Uh, well, I've been advocating for adoption since 2006. So since I was a teenager, people would ask me to speak to their church group or their classes about adoption. So I've been very comfortable talking about my adoption story. And um, what spurred it on the inspiration behind my Instagram account and things for adoption was around last year, around um, National Adoption Month, um, I started Googling some things because I had posted something on social media and I had used a hashtag for adoption. And I found really hurtful things about adoption and not to take away from anyone's story, of course. And so I started doing a little bit more like Google research and Instagram hashtag research. And I had no idea about some people's stories and things. And I just thought, I remember I said to my husband, if this is what prospective adoptive people are looking at, and this is the only message that they're exposed to, what kind of person would want to venture down this route in life. And so I really wanted to highlight and and again, not to take away from anyone's experiences that they've had um, with adoption, but just to simply highlight my adoption experience, which has been positive and encouraging people to consider adoption. If it's something that they were, you know, maybe on the fence about, or just didn't know a lot about, and just to hear about how adoption can be very successful and positive stories. Mm. Thank you so much. I know as an adoptive mom myself, I have appreciated your content and just, I mean, I think there is a lot of fear. There can be a lot of fear around, you know, adoption and in my own experience, foster care. So it feels like it was just kind of a breath of fresh air to see kind of a different narrative when I stumbled across your Instagram. And so I really appreciate that. Thank you for, for Uh, thank you for following. I appreciate you. Absolutely. What kind of messages are you hoping to share other than that? Like there could be a more positive story. And I like that you said, you know, everyone has their own story. Everyone's voice is valid. And I love that. And I appreciate that. But what particular message are you hoping people will will kind of, I guess, realize when they see your content? Sure. I think just that there is a, there's a myriad of adoption stories out there, right? And I would hope that prospective adopter, prospective adoptive families, solo adopters, people interested in foster care, just do their due diligence and their research in finding out what's out there, right? Um, preparing themselves for what they're getting into potentially. Just hearing stories of different people's lived experiences so that they know, um, you know, on one end of the spectrum, you have, you know, a terrible heartbreaking story. On the other end, you could have a loving, heartwarming story and uh, most people will probably fall somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So to help those people who are thinking about adoption, thinking about foster care, to know that it will probably, their journey will lie somewhere in the middle um, and just to be prepared, right? We wouldn't want somebody to go into this world 
thinking only happy thoughts and have rose colored lens glasses on or go into this thinking this is going to be a terrible experience either. And so just preparing themselves for the variety of stories out there, just hearing mm -hmm. from people who have been in foster care, hearing from people who have been adopted about what things they would want to share from their journey based on what they're comfortable sharing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think it's so valuable. I think that's one of the things I've learned most as a foster mom and adopted mom. I'm like, I need to know former foster youth experiences, adoptees experiences, other foster moms experiences, like clinicians experiences. I want to gather as much information as I can. That's what I'm hoping for on this podcast is if we can just hear lots of stories, then we'll be able to kind of settle into that middle place, like you said. So would you, with that being said, would you be willing to share just a little bit about your background and, and how you um, came to be adopted? Sure, of course, definitely. So I was adopted as a baby. Um, I was adopted from South Korea and my parents are Caucasian. And so they have two biological boys. And so I have two older brothers that I grew up with and we're pretty close in age. So they, I grew up with them as as my brothers. Um, so they never introduced me as like their adopted sister or anything like that. I was always just really welcomed into the family and part of the family. And adoption has always been something that my family and I have always been really comfortable talking about and even joking about. And so, uh, for example, if someone in our family, if something like medically is, is relevant in our family in terms of like cancers or things, someone will always look over at me and say like, and don't forget, Taylor, you should get screened for that too, because it obviously runs in the family, right? <laughs> so we have kind of like a very lighthearted approach to adoption. And I think that's something that might not be applicable or appropriate for every family dynamic or unit, but for us, it has worked out really well. And it's just been something that, that how we've kind of approached adoption in my family. I was the only person, or I am the only person of color in my family, but my family has always been really intentional about wanting me to explore my Korean heritage and Korean identity. So I've never felt that my family was ill-equipped or unprepared to deal with racial conversations, tough conversations, um, identity conversations. And I feel that they've always appreciated my Korean heritage and allowing me to explore my Korean heritage, offering to take me to Korea, being supportive of me learning Korean language, things like that. So um, I feel like transracial adoption can be done very intentionally from the adopter or adopter's perspective when they are honoring their adoptee's identity, heritage, and ability to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important and a really good reminder for all of us uh, adoptive mamas just to, you know, make that make that intention, set that intention to preserve culture and explore. And I love it because my um, adopted kids are Puerto Rican and my older, we just actually just had um, empanadas for dinner last night. I was like, I'm trying to like learn how to make these foods. And like, and my kids, like, they're like obsessed. I was going to take a picture and put it on Instagram. So I'm like, look, we made empanadas. It was so fun. Like, these are like our favorite Puerto Rican food. And my, they eat them too fast. Like they're just like too, and just, it just really like makes the family better when mm -hmm. that culture is, is celebrated. It's just been a huge blessing in our own family. So I'm glad that, that your family did that too, but I'm always looking for more ways to, to incorporate culture into our families. Yes, so. and when I hear about people who are upset with the system of transracial adoption, to me, it always, the common thread seems to be that their parents, um, their parent or, or family members were not intentional about helping preserve their identity or culture. And so almost like repressing their mm -hmm. cultural identity. And I think that that, you know, not that I would want to tell parents how to parent, but I think that that could be very negative for the adoptee because then they feel 
that they're not allowed to explore their identity. So things like making the empanadas, right? Like that's such a great cultural tradition. That's a family tradition. That's something that your kids, kiddos will grow up remembering and, and feeling honored for their identity, but also having a tradition with you, right? Yeah. So I love that. I love that. That's mm. so cute. Well, what did your parents do when you were growing up and how did they initiate those conversations around culture and ex- encouraging you to be able to explore? Do you remember what any of those conversations were like? Yeah, definitely. So we were really lucky that the area we grew up in um, or that we lived in had a high rate of Korean adoptees by families of non-Korean heritage. And so it was almost kind of like a support group, I would say, or maybe like maybe a community group, I guess. And so there would be these events that we could go to and we would be surrounded by other Korean adoptees as well as mostly Caucasian parents. Um, And they were entertainment-based, educational-based, holiday-based. So anytime there was something going on, they would be able to do like, this is what a Korean traditional dress is like, or this is how you celebrate Korean holidays. This is some Korean food. And they would bring in different Korean people to talk about the group and help the adoptive parent or parents be able to learn and then also help connect the adoptees to the Korean heritage and each other. And it was a great network. It was great fun. And I I feel very fortunate that I was able to have that growing up. And I realized that not everybody has that privilege to be surrounded by a community of people that um, resemble them. And so I would really encourage people to reach out within their either their school districts or their communities or their greater city areas um, to try to find those, even if it's just festivals or church based things where they can be connected to people who that, um, look like them that want to learn more about the holidays and cultural traditions as well. I think that um, helps connect the adoptee to their their racial identity. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good reminder. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. And then was there ever a point in time where you were kind of, that you remember that being told that you were adopted or did your parents kind of always kind of bring it up and how did that go for you guys? Sure. Yeah. So my parents always told me that I was adopted from when I was really little. So my mom says I would tell people that I would be, you know, like on the playground and I would tell people that I was adopted because my parents always said they didn't want there to be this bombshell moment where I felt, especially being a different race from my parents, right. That I, they didn't want this moment of you know, like earth shattering feelings of like, oh my goodness, I don't look like my parents or someone pointed out at school that I don't look like them or something. So they always told me that I was adopted, but they made it a a positive thing and they made adoption feel very special. And so they would tell me that although my brothers came from my mommy's tummy, that I came from the airport Mm -hmm. and that they went and got me and things like that. And, And as I got older, they would tell me more, you know, they were very age appropriate, which I appreciated as well. And since my family and I have always been really lighthearted with adoption, my mom would say things like her boys gave her stretch marks, but I just, you know, I was the easy baby because I they just had to go to the airport and pick me up and there were no yeah. stretch marks or anything. So just the, the way we approached that it can be different if you have, if you're an adoptive mom or adoptive parent and you have biological children, there can be a separate way and a distinction between adoption, but it doesn't have to be negative, right? It can be fun. It can be lighthearted. It can be really positive. Like 
Uh, my parents would tell me that, you know, they chose me, um, that my birth mom really loved me and wanted me to have an opportunity for, you know, a good life and things like that. And that she wouldn't have placed me for adoption if she didn't love me. And so yeah. I always grew up with a sense of love for my birth mother and a sense of love from her, um, but also a sense of love for my my family that adopted me. So I, I, I appreciate that my parents always talked positively about my birth mom, even though um, none of us have met her. Uh, we, we were a closed adoption, so we don't um, have regular commu- or any communication with her. But I appreciate that my parents always talked about her in a very positive way, because I think how parents frame those conversations mm-hmm. really shapes our perceptions of other people, especially when it is a, a key stakeholder player in our lives, like a birth parent. Yes, that's such a good reminder too. I think sometimes, especially in foster care, um, and as I speak from personal experience, like there have been times where it's been really difficult between me and, you know, birth mom um, or birth relative. And I'm like, but the last thing I'm ever going to do ever is speak ill of her in front of my children because they are, in many ways, they're our children. And there's a lot of reasons why she's having a difficult time right now. So she's, you know what I mean? So, and things mm-hmm. thankfully have gotten so much better and we are definitely in a way better place now, but I just, I just, to anyone listening, who's having a struggle with, who could be struggling with relationships with bio parents, it's, it's so important. Um, and I'm not saying I've done it perfectly, <laughs> but, but definitely for the kids, especially to not hear us speaking ill of their biological parents. I think that's such a great right. reminder. I think it teaches the kiddos too, to be um, patient and kind with others and to, you know, reserve judgment for what people are going through in their circumstances that they're currently facing, um, when we can talk kindly about somebody, just the way that parents who are divorced and co-parent, you know, yes. would talk yes. and, and those conversations and how one parent would talk about the other parent in, in a separation, I think really shapes the, the child's perception of that other parent. And mm-hmm. it could be very beneficial. It could be a, a wonderful co-parent situation, or it could be detrimental and it could be very filled with like negativity and like toxic language. And so it's how we as adults choose to frame those things, like what you're doing and being intentional about not, um, you know, only having positive things to say about the birth moms. Yeah. Such a good reminder. Absolutely. Has there ever been any like pushback that you've gotten for things that you've shared online as far as, cause I know you said you kind of were sharing in response to some things that you were seeing. Do you ever get that other side of people being like, wait, what about that should be so awesome. Yes, definitely. And um, I started to get some comments. I would get, you know, comments sprinkled in here and there um, when I would post something about um, not knowing my birth parents or not all adoptees kind of like dispelling myths and things like that. And I would get different comments of someone who disagreed with me and I would thank them for sharing their voice and appreciated them speaking up and, and sharing their experience because it is so important to hear from, from all sides and all experiences. But I actually almost deactivated my Instagram account um, a couple months into starting it because I started getting a, I started getting inundated with negative comments all at the same time. And so I do feel like it was semi-coordinated by from anti-adoption people because it happened within a matter of seconds my phone just started blowing up and it was all negative comments on my posts my previous posts messages and things like that and it was all basically saying the same things like um, hurtful things to my my parents um, things that I was in like the adoption fog things that like my parents stole me from my birth parents or that I don't know my, my, my real identity and how could I possibly be speaking about adoption or supporting adoption. And one of the organizations I like to support and, and highlight is help us adopt. And so someone commented on a post that I had posted about them and said, well, why are you donating money to them? You should be donating to, and they 
suggested a, a birth mom organization. And I just said, thank you for, you know, highlighting another resource in our community. So some of the comments I did try to acknowledge back and say, mm -hmm. thank you, you know, and then some of them that were just really hurtful. Um, I just had to delete and block because I just didn't yeah. have the mental and emotional right. capacity to deal with that. And I just have no interest in fighting with a random stranger on the internet. Oh. So Ooh, let's clap that up all day long. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly. And so it's so interesting because I've been on the receiving end of that too sometimes. And I feel like it's so hard because adoption and foster care are such emotionally charged topics. And so I kind of naively like started my account and I was like, I'm going to help foster moms. And like, I'm so excited it's to share my great. work it's as a professional therapist, like with these foster moms. And I started sharing just my own foster care. I was like, well, I'm also going to be transparent and share my own struggles. And like, it's like when you are vulnerable, as I'm sure when you have like led with vulnerability, that's when people are like, like they just kind of like can attack, you know, and it's, it feels they, they see the vulnerable side of you and it's like okay so I'm gonna go ahead and attack this. so it's so hard it is but I, I do appreciate you continuing to show up and share because I think trust me I had a time where I was like I'm not gonna just block this and stop it but I think that we do a disservice to the people who are receiving and benefiting from and so some people you know just want to hurt but I think most people by and large are good people um, online yeah. and they're you know know how to res be respectful but um, I appreciate you sharing that and I'm just thankful that you've kept going because I know that can be so discouraging and hurtful really like especially with right. things about your family I was like this right. is my family you're talking about. I'm a person like don't talk about my kids that way but yeah it's just it's so easy for people to judge and you know I just think about the what they're going through maybe in their life at that time and yes. maybe they're not in a good place with circumstances that they're facing and it's just really easy for them to to troll a stranger and take it out on somebody and I just hope that you know people all people deserve you know peace in their life and hopefully they can find, you know, happiness and, and not feel the need to like, make, especially when it's adults making fun of kids or something, right? Oh I gosh, mean, it's just, yeah. it's a whole nother level of like issues. So <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and we see too, we see such a small portion of someone's life on social media square. Sometimes I think like if people had a camera that could follow me all day, every day, like, I don't know if they'd want to follow me more or unfollow me quicker because this is real life, you know, like it's easy to highlight Same. or just to show, even to show what I want you to see of what's hard, you know, but not mm -hmm. all day, so. Oh man, if people saw how many outtakes it takes me to do some <laughs> of the reels and the voiceovers, oh Same. my goodness. <laughs> Same no, but yours are always good. I love all your content. Oh, you always have you yours. Some seems so natural. It comes off so good. And I love how you like hit really good points and like fast things and the, the music you use or the sounds you use for your reels. I'm always like, oh man, she's such an inspiration. Thank you. You're so sweet. I literally, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I just, I'm going to try and if it works, it works, but yes. So I want people to be able to follow you online because you do share such good wisdom. And I just really appreciate again, your vulnerability and being able to share your own story. So where can people follow you online? Sure. So I only monitor an Instagram account and that's just at the Argent adoptee. And so it is just, that's my only social media account. I wish I could do more. I wish I could be on TikTok and everything too, but um, I feel like I wanted to be really intentional with like one type of account and be able to pour a lot of energy into it. And I just don't know that I could do another, another account or another channel or anything like that. So um, yep. So I'm on Instagram um, at the Ardent Adoptee. That's me. Awesome. Oh, well, we'll definitely link that up um, in the show Thank notes to find. And I'm just so thankful for you. Thanks for having this conversation and for taking the time. Of course.